previously on the Loyal Littles podcast. My name is Becca Wildsmith. I'm married to this guy. <laughs> She's not a loyal little. Yeah, I'm related to him by marriage, apparently. That's it. Yeah. You know what's even better? Y'all, she has no idea what I'm about to say. This is totally true. She drives a Subaru. Yes. I know what that means. I do think I'm better than Tony Gordizer. <laughs> Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. Hey, Roxy. Hey, Chuck. Hey, Littles. Well, Roxy, once again, we start off jingle-tastic. I mean, I don't know what yeah. else to say. Joe Arrow, bravo. That's another one. I guess he did play it at Jingle Trek, but it wouldn't get on the big show. So we told him to send it on over here, and we'd be more than happy to play it for him. What a way to start the show. Roxy, how you doing? Oh, I'm in New Jersey. <laughs> Roxy's world got turned upside down in a matter of Oh, eight thanks, hours. Thanks to Chuck. Thanks to Chuck. I, look, Roxy, I needed some alone time. I was like, you got to get out I, of the apartment. So I, I guess so. So Roxy's got a huge day ahead of her. We're recording this pretty early. So literally within hours, she gets she's on a train to Jersey. That's all I can yep. say. So Roxy, take a quick <laughs> second. Tell her what you're doing. Well, I am judging my very first dance competition. You know, actually, maybe I should preface this. So last night, Roxy's asleep. I'm asleep as usual. <laughs> and I'm on, you know, Facebook as I am. And I see this post from a friend of ours, a mutual friend that we did White Christmas yep. with, the tour. And he posted this thing saying, hey, is there anyone out there that could judge a dance competition? So, you know. Last minute a- sub needed. With, without asking Roxy, because she's asleep. I just, you yep. know, 
private messaged him and said, hey, would this be something Roxy would be good for? Because, I mean, she's asleep, but I'm just curious. And he goes, so I didn't hear back anything until we're up this morning. We're having our coffee. It was like 10, 30, 11, something like that. And all something of a sudden, like I get that. this. I get this message back. He's like, "Yeah, I think she'd be great. Why is she interested?" I'm like, well, hold on. So anyway, literally, what would you say within four hours later, five hours? I would say within three hours, I was on a train. On a train out to Jersey to spend the night. Where Where are you? I am in Tom's River, New Jersey, right now. I think the competition though is at a a nearby town outside of Tom's River. So okay. yeah. This That's, is my first judging opportunity, so, so this should be really interesting. All day today. Like, you're going to be there another night because you get done so 12 late. hours. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. 10.30 so, to 10.30. So the important thing is Chuck has another night to himself, so this is kind of nice. So anyway, <laughs> I'm just kidding, Roxy. Well, fingers crossed that I say nice things and inspire some dancers and <laughs> score correctly <laughs> because my brain right now is a little <laughs> overwhelmed with I the mean, scoring situation. I have no you, idea what I've gotten myself into, but it's going to be great. Oh, you'll be fine. I'm sure you'll be it's fine. It's going to be great. I wouldn't yeah. have recommended you if I didn't think you could do it, Roxy. I'm just saying. Thank so. you. Thank <laughs> anyway, you. No, um, the team that I'm with seem really cool. We rode the train together and it's it should be really, really fun. Oh, well, that's great to hear. That's good. So hopefully that'll go well. And I didn't get you into something that you're going to completely hate. <laughs> we'll see. But I did. I thought it would be something you'd get to. All right, let's get into the show. But we had all these plans to have co-host this episode and it just everything got turned upside down at the last minute. Thanks so, to Chuck. Thanks to me. Yeah. I had all these plans and we were even going to record at different times. And then all of a sudden she's on the train and oh, it's, mm-hmm. it's just a mess. Anyway. Let's get to the show. We've got lots to get into. Where do you want to start? Do you want to start with our sweet 16 down to elite eight names? Sure. You want to start 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 there. All right. Now, unfortunately, I'm going to be doing most of this, the heavy lifting today, because like I said, Roxy's not here. So normally we would share these duties, but this was very tough. But I will say, I'm going to break this down for you. We had our co-hosts. Multiple, right? Yeah. We had multiple co-hosts in on this. So we all voted. And the ironic thing is there are three of these names that at least three of us chose. So that's a good sign. Okay. Then there were yeah. a couple ones and there was a couple twos and things like that. But so we, we you know, we got a wider range, but this is what we got. So we have our elite eight. They are what? No Binghamton? <laughs> Tootie the Turtle rules. Yes. And also. And also Tootie the Turtle. They both made it. Like I said, we did these all around because I was thinking, really, do we have to have both of them in? But they're both in it. Then we have the tuna melts. I like that one. Then we have cold cheese pizza. Mm-hmm. Then we have final fordle. Love it. Then we have it's Purdue, not Perdon't. And then last but certainly not least, these were in random order. We have Roxy. Shut the front door. There you go. All right. So those are our elite eight to go along with our NCAA tournament. We'll go down to our oh. final four. Then we'll have our championship and then we'll have a winner. So congratulations on all that. Now for the actual, I mean, that's really what matters. That's what matters to us. This whole like who does the better bracket because all our brackets have to be busted. I mean, they have to be. At this point, I I mean. I mean, St. Peter's, unbelievable. The kids from Jersey City are in right across the river from where I am. And Roxy brought them luck being in their state. They're going to the elite. This is It's just unbelievable. The, the Cinderella story survives. So these are our current standings. Now, obviously, this is before tonight's games and tomorrow's games. So these are getting down to the elite eight. Now, we're just going to give you the top three because, in all honesty, there's like five or six, seven people tied for fourth place. So we actually have a 
two-way tie for first. So the top of our bracket are this ESPN fan with a ton of numbers after it. They're in first place. And then tied for first is Dan Ban with a bunch of numbers after it. Now, the key to that is one of them, their champion is done. And then the other person has Arkansas. So if Arkansas happens to win their next game, they're going to obviously jump ahead. And then in third place, we have Mike's War Eagle, who also has his champion still available. So this is still anybody's game. And all the fourth place people, there's a bunch of them that also still have their champion in the tournament. So anything could happen. So it's exciting. I mean, to have a two-way tie right now is very exciting. And thank you again for everyone who played the Bracket Challenge. The numbers were so surprising to us this year. We had so many brackets this year. So that's really exciting. Oh, I know. All right, Roxy, let's get through our emails before we get to our great guest this episode. And we heard from Bobby Gottfried. He says, wait, are we bragging on high school basketball teams now? My high school won the boys and girls DC championships. Our boys won on a buzzer beater and our girls team is number one in the country. So Whoa. didn't have much trouble. You can find it all on ESPNU, boys final on ESPN2, April 7th through the 9th. Wow. All right. Way to steal our thunder. I mean, <laughs> we're just some class B school from upstate New York. Come on, cut us some slack. I mean, we're state champs. Eat it. Yeah. Bobby. I mean, but no, good for them. So April 7th and 9th. All right. Then I can't express enough how much amazing feedback we got on our last episode, Roxy. Oh, I know. I mean, it was great. The Wildsmiths, Becca, Tim, thank you again. It was a fun time. And it was so fun. We got some really great feedback, but we heard from Brian Becker. He says, my favorite episode to date, Tim and Choxy were having a great interview. But when Becca came on, the show kicked into a different gear. I felt like I went from listening to an interview to eavesdropping on a conversation between two friendly couples. And Sully's awesomeness and the match game music playing during Stump the Host, I had it right also. And the show was Ooh. Trey Magnifique. All right. So is, is that a challenge, Brian? Does that mean you want to come on and prove to us firsthand that you had it? Because, I mean, you could have just been lying to us. <laughs> so... Careful what you wish for, Brian, because you might be next and come on to... Stump the guest host. Stump the guest host, yeah. All right. Then we heard from Dina Damascus. She says, my student who wrote the question was stoked to hear it read and to hear the reaction. And they are unanimously overs who would not change it in someone else's house. Okay. And then speaking of Dina, we heard from Dina and Ritz also came in on this. So we're going to wrap this into the co-host who didn't get on the show, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> they are, it's a RIP, Stephen, I'm not, I'm going to butcher this, Wilhite, is that how you say his name, Stephen Wilhite? He's the creator of the GIF. That's right, I said GIF, not GIF. <laughs> he died, he was at age 74. No, it's really sad, oh. Roxy, uh, it was due to COVID, COVID-19 related. Oh, no. Yeah. Now, the GIF, or graphics interchange format, dates back to the 1980s, when Will Height was looking for a way to send high-quality graphics in color during the early stages of the internet. If you're wondering how to pronounce Will Height's magnum opus, he settled the debate in a 2013 interview with the NYT. Now, however, the Oxford English Dictionary accepts both pronunciations. Okay, well, that's good for me because <coughs> I have been saying it GIF this entire time, and well, I don't know if I can change. I have too. Now, but then they say they were wrong. It is a soft G pronounced GIF. End of story. That's what, they, that's what this article that was sent to me says. Okay, now, but if the G corresponds <laughs> to the word graphics. Exactly. That's what Sully graphics said. Graphics has a G Whoa. sound. Sully, did you hear this? Roxy's agreeing so, with you. So why does it then get changed to a J sound? That is my big question. Then Roxy, you want to talk about something sneaking up on us? The okay. Oscars are tomorrow. 
Oh, that's right. Completely have no idea. But we haven't seen anything. We had this plan. We had some co-hosts <laughs> We planned. haven't seen anything. <laughs> well, we haven't. I don't think we've seen anything on this list. Nothing. Not even West Side yeah. Story. So we had Tiny Chuck was going to come on. He's seen West Side Story. He's seen a couple other things. We were going to talk about it. So we don't really, mm-hmm. we're acknowledging it, but I don't think we should really go into it because, you know, we can't even say, oh, they should win because we didn't see anything. My nephew wants us to watch Encanto. The Disney movie. It's been nominated for something, I'm oh, sure. okay. All right. Yeah. You know, the only thing I'm going to say is I've met J.K. Simmons a few times. He's come to see my show a couple of times here in New York. Mm-hmm. And big fan, especially after Whiplash. Big fan. I even, I did not have the guts because, you know, we have to be cool. You know what I mean? We I meet, know. Play it cool. We, we meet these celebrities all the time. We have to be cool. And that's one. Mm-hmm. It was hard. I did go up to him and just say hello. And I did say thank you for the Oscar speech. That was amazing. Yeah. And I told yeah. him, I said, look, I, for all those littles that don't remember his Oscar speech for Whiplash, go Google it, YouTube it. And I did just what he said. I hit pause on the, I was, of course, had to tape it because I was doing a show that night during the Oscars. I hit pause and called my dad. Yep. And uh, I'll never forget that. Yeah. So anyway, he's nominated this year for Best Supporting Actor. So I'm kind of silently rooting for him, even though I oh, didn't good. see any of the films. Yeah. And, uh, Will Smith is uh, nominated for Best Actor. Denzel Washington's nominated. But, you know, and this whole, there's what, 10 movies nominated for Best Picture? That's just yeah. stupid to me. Again, that I'm just, seems like a lot. It's a lot. It's it's stupid, I think. It's just, I, I think mean, it's, I'm sure they're all deserving. It's but, all about I mean, money. It's just to get the name out there so they can all say, oh, nominated for Best Picture. And that sometimes makes people go see it. Is this the largest pool of no, that's nominees what they do for now. that? Not ever. They, that's what they've, they've been doing it for, I want to say, at least four or five years now. Really? Yeah, it used to be I like guess four I haven't or been five. paying attention. Yeah. So it's kind wow. of annoying. So anyway, the, unfortunately, that's a, talk about sneaking up on us. I had completely <laughs> forgot about it. So, And then we heard from John. I'm not sure if this is John Miller. I don't think so. But it just says, hey, you two, are you watching the new TV show, Welcome to Fletch? We are. I I'm mean, surprised. Roxy is really digging it. I really like it. Now, can I go? Let me let me set the table for this real quick, Roxy. I decided uh-huh. I saw it was coming on, and I said, "Oh, we have to set the, we have to put it on our t- whatever you, whatever <laughs> it's called to tape DVR. it." DVR, DVR mm-hmm. to tape it, and she j- gave me the eye roll. She gave me the eye roll. She was like, "I think I even said no." Yeah, because she's like, "We don't need another show. You're not doing another show." And I was like, "Well, we got to give it a chance. We've got to give it a chance." Well, let me tell you, this is basically. I mean, I'm just gonna say it. it's a ripoff of The Office. That's what it is. It's a complete um, ripoff. I think. Yeah, I guess kind of. I mean, except that it doesn't take place in an office. Right. But it's filmed exactly like a mockumentary. It's very Waiting for Guffman. It's very Spinal Tap. It's that. But it's a TV show. So it's only 30 minutes. It's just like The Office. You know how they they look at the camera and talk to the camera all the time. And it's Mm -hmm. yeah, it's it's filmed exactly like The Office. So if you were an Office fan, you might want to check this out. Yeah. So anyway, so thank you for that. Then real quick before we go, I don't even really want to bring this because I'm just going to say we were watching some show. I don't remember what it was, Roxy, a couple nights ago. And this came up and I just looked at her and I was like, oh, when you pour cereal, do you put the cereal in and then the milk or do you put the milk in the bowl and then pour the cereal into the milk? I think pouring the milk first is barbaric. Yeah, it's that someone I think the line on the show was, "Okay, psycho, like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing pouring milk before the cereal? Yeah. Littles, what's saying you? What? I think that could be our new crunchy or smooth peanut butter question. Milk you, first or cereal first? Yeah. What goes in the bowl first? Mm-hmm. Interesting to see what people come up with. Because Roxy, yeah. I think you, I could see you being a milk first though, because you don't even really use milk when you eat cereal. You like to eat it dry. It depends on the type of cereal and it depends on how quickly I think I can eat it okay. if I put milk in it. Right. Because it gets soggy. Right. 
I don't like when it gets soggy. Right. So I could see. Have you ever tried milk first then? No. Maybe you should try it because then that would keep the top stuff crunchy. It won't be because, you know, when you pour it on top of it, it automatically starts getting soaked in there. But see, what I like to do when I pour it on top is I kind of move it around. So it's pouring different areas. Well, but that's what I mean. But you're still wetting the top of the cereal. So then everything is kind of equally getting the milk on it. (laughs) I realize that. But what I'm saying is if you don't get any milk on top, it'll stay crunchier longer. That's all I'm saying. But anyway, (laughs) maybe you should give it a try. Littles, what say you? And lastly, before we get out of here, real quick, he doesn't even know we're doing this. I saw this post online. We're going to call this the lurking moment of the podcast. Hey, if you're not doing anything tonight and you happen to be in Springfield, Virginia, the Gotcha Covered Acoustic Trio is playing Austin Grill, and that's in Springfield, Ooh. Virginia. And our beloved Steve Lipton is a part of that trio. So, you know, I just oh, thought we'd hey. throw that out there since we were recording this and releasing it today. If you have nothing going on tonight, 8 to 11 at the Austin Grill, I believe it's 843 Old Keen Mill Road, I believe is the address, but it's in Springfield, Virginia. Check it out. It's at the Austin Grill. I'm sure you can look it up online. Steve Lipton and the Gotcha Covered Acoustic Trio will be playing there tonight. Nice. So check that out. All right, Roxy, let's get out of here. All right, let's, let's get do to it. our guest. It's are you excited? I'm very excited. Very excited. All right. All you loyal littles will be right back. Hi. This is Mitchell Klein from Northbrook, Illinois, and you're listening to the Loyal Littles Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. episode by Dan Byrne and this song is called Suzanne now I love this stuff because we obviously know all his funny stuff Tony obviously thinks very highly of him Dan Byrne is brilliant but this is some of his regular stuff we're used to all his funny parody songs he plays for Tony and the big show and this is actually off his album called 50 eggs so head on over to wherever you buy your music digitally just search dan burn or the other best place to find him is on his website which is just danburn.com and if by chance you've ever wondered you know i wonder what dan burns really like well we got you covered there too on the loyal littles podcast just head on over to episode 30 and it's called feel the burn and you can meet dan burn on our podcast So don't forget danburn.com. Head on over there. And as always, we'll play the full song, Suzanne, at the end of the podcast. All right, all you loyal littles, it's now time to... Meet Chris Chris Saluza. Saluza. Hey, Chris, how's it going? 
Wow, what an intro! <laughs> I, I wish I wish every time I went on TV they did the me Chris Eliza. Right? Really, I think it would amp things up for me. I feel like, and I feel like the ratings would go through the roof. Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, many people have called me a, a real ratings magnet. That's never <laughs> happened. Well, listen, Chris, we can't thank you enough for taking the time to meet this the littles so here. So exciting! Yeah, we kind of described a little bit what we do. If you could just take us back. Introduce yourself to all the loyal littles out there. Obviously, we all know who you are, but the things we sure. don't know about, where you grew up, where you went to school, all that kind of stuff. Sure. Well, I feel like most of my biography has been exposed during my years on the show. I am from Connecticut. I'm an only child. I grew up wanting to be a sports writer. Uh, I wound up as a political writer, so close, but no cigar. Um, <laughs> I went to, as many people know, the Loomis Chafee School, which is not, in fact, many people have told me that they thought that that was made up. Right. Uh, no, there is actually a school in Windsor, Connecticut called Loomis Chafee. It used to be single sex. Now they combine Loomis and Chafee, and now it is co-ed. Yep. It is not known as a school for the rich. It is just Loomis Chafee, but it is truly a real school that I went to. The, the mascot is the Pelican, which is not terribly <laughs> frightening. But Michael Kornheiser went to Murray, and they're the frogs, which is far worse in oh, my absolutely. opinion. absolutely. So I went there, and then I went to Georgetown for four years, and those are all the degrees that I have. I started working in journalism right out of college, even though Georgetown doesn't have a journalism program, but I started working in journalism right out of college for a guy named Charlie Cook. Uh, I had worked for George Will, the columnist, conservative columnist, in college for three years, mostly because one of the perks of working for him, he always hired Georgetown undergraduates. And one of the perks of working for him was you got to stay at his house for a month when he went away to California in the summer. And he had this obviously, particularly when you're in college, amazing house that had a pool. So we were able to use his pool. And this was before the Nationals came to Washington, but he had six third row seats to the Orioles. So we would go to Orioles games all summer. So people always think that that is somehow indicative of my partisan leaning. It has literally zero to do with that. I think it has to do with the pool, the big screen TV that he had in his house, which at that point was a rarity, the tickets, and the fact that I believe I wound up making twelve seventy five an hour in my last year there, which was a king's ransom for sure. me. And this um, is the tickets were back when the Orioles were pretty good, I bet. Yes, they were. This was 90, would have been 94 to 98. They weren't amazing, but they were certainly better than they are now. Well, and if Um, that freaking kid didn't steal the home, you know, I mean. That's right. Exactly. It would have been, things could have been so different. But it was Camden Yards, which is, if people have not been to Camden Yards and you like baseball at all, you need to go. Absolutely. So I did that. He helped me get the job with Charlie Cook, which is my first job out of college, which is a political handicapping site. I went from there to a newspaper called Roll Call. I was there for four years. I went to the Washington Post. I worked at the Post for 10 years. And now this is four. I just re-signed with CNN. So this is four years with CNN. So that's the shortish version. That's great. No, we have some things. Actually, Roxy's from Connecticut. I am from Connecticut. Stratford, yep, born and raised. I am a Red Sox fan because my dad's from Boston, but I'm on the Yankee side of Connecticut. So that's been interesting (laughs) my whole life. Enemy Uh territory. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. that's one of the things people, people always want to, like, I literally can tell you if you're a Red Sox fan or a Yankee fan, almost exclusively based on where your geography of your hometown is in Connecticut. Yeah. Because if you're in South, 
I was in southeastern Connecticut, mm-hmm. but if you're anywhere in sort of the, the southern half of the state, you tend to be a Yankee fan, right. though not exclusively. I grew up a Yankee fan. They were... I remember distinctly in my room, WPIX, watching Phil Rizzuto, who was doing color, and Bill White, who was the play-by-play guy, uh, watching Andy Hawkins pitch a no-hitter and the Yankees lose three to nothing. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, these were not the Bronx Bombers of your or currently. And I worshipped Don Mattingly as a kid. I mean, I yes. was I was a terrible athlete, but I loved Don Mattingly. He was like the hero of my youth. Yeah. Well, I have a connection. Wow. First of all, you said Windsor Locks. Windsor Locks. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I currently work on a Broadway show where it takes place in Windsor Locks. Yep. <laughs> there you go. That's kind of funny. So that's our only connection. That is, that, so technically, I think Loomis is in Windsor. Yeah. Windsor and Windsor Locks are right next to one another. Right. Windsor Locks is big called the fame is that's where the airport is. Yes. Right. Bradley International Airport, which I always note to people is international because I think they probably have one flight a day that goes to Canada. It's right. like right. Five, five total <laughs> gates. Right. Yep, exactly. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Now, Chris, can you real quick go into how did you get involved with Tony? How did you meet Tony? All that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's so I should have mentioned when I was in obviously since going to college in Georgetown, he was on the radio. I think I don't gosh, I don't remember what it was at 980. I don't remember what it was, but it was he he was regularly he had a regular radio show that I would listen to. So I got out of college and I believe it was Nigel who first reached out to me who liked my political writing. This mm-hmm. is when I was in my mid to late 20s and said, would you come on the show one time and talk about politics? And so I did that. And then, you know, I think the basic rule of Tony's show is that if you hear someone more than once, it's because Tony likes them. Yeah. If you hear someone once and that's it, it's because Tony didn't like them. It's yeah. not complicated. <laughs> it's, it's, right. it, you are not a regular on that show if Tony doesn't want you to be a regular on that show. Right. So I think he liked, I mean, which has been amazing for me because talk about not wanting to be a fanboy. I mean, this was a show that I listened to all through college. Obviously, I read Tony in, this is back when he wrote, I read him in the post while I was in school. So it has been just a huge thrill to be a part of the show. I mean, I it's hard for me to explain. You know, I mean, it'd be like you're always a fan of a certain thing, yes. and then all of a sudden you're on a certain thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's I'm hugely thankful for it. Honestly, the last two years has been a bummer just because we haven't really been – I mean, I've been on the show from time to time. I've yeah. gone to his house to do the show from time to time. But, you know, he's still doing the show from home with Michael, Nigel, and him, and, and you know, an occasional guest here and there. And I, I, it, it was the highlight of my week. Gary and I would usually do Monday and Thursdays. Right. And, you know, I love doing it because I was a fan of it before I was on it. Right. You know, I remain a fan of his, of him and what he's done. Not Gary. I'm no fan of yeah, his. Of course. But a fan of, <laughs> a fan of Tony uh, and what he's done and this whole thing. Well, that's been one of the biggest bummers of all of this is right. that it's been, it's made the show, it, it, we just can't have as many people because there's not yeah. a studio for it. Sure. I mean, I can't even imagine. You were having trouble putting into words coming out, and I feel the same way just doing this interview. I mean, to be able to talk to you and Kevin and Gary and Tori, people, uh, if you told me a year ago I was going to be sitting down with Crystal Eliza right now, I'd be like, you're out of your freaking mind. There's no way. 
So yeah, I mean, well, gosh, that's a that's a pretty low bar for success for you <laughs> talking to me. But it's strange because people do, you know, I'm regularly asked about Tony and being on the show. It happens all the time, and I can't totally remember exactly how it happened, other than that I was on once, and I think he liked me and liked my energy, and then all of a sudden it was like, hey, can you? do this a couple times a week and you know then I got into the regular rotation like it's really That's it, amazing. it is hard to put into words because it's one of those unexpected pleasures that I've sort of happened onto that I take tremendous joy from yeah. I mean those they are my friends you know I mean mm-hmm. I text with Mark and Gary all the time I text with Michael all the time I mean I text with Tony when we're watching the Nationals You know, I mean, they are like a legitimate community of friends that I have that I, you know, and I think like a lot of people with their community of friends over the last two years has been really hard because you just don't see them as much. I played golf with Tony and Michael three weeks ago and it was great. It's like a requisite Gary Williams appearance. You know, it was was all great, but I think it has been hard, I think for everyone, but I definitely have felt that because it is, we genuinely do, I think this is why the show succeeds, like we genuinely do like one another. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it's not like forced pairings, like Mm -hmm. we're, on there because we we respect and like Tony and then we like each other and know each other well enough to give each other shit. You know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> I think that's the most important part about it. Yeah. And, and, you know, the last two years has been hard for that. Right. right. And I mean, if I may, that's what we modeled the Loyal Littles podcast right after. I've heard him say that a bazillion times. He's like, I love doing this. Right. I love doing this with my friends. Yeah. yeah. And that's the type of atmosphere we tried to create. And right. I mean, it's a completely, I give them all the credit all the time. And I think Tony doesn't take enough credit. I, I always tell him he's a digital pioneer unintentionally mm-hmm. in that You know, what I spend so much of my time doing in my day job is like, how can we foster and build community around my work, around politics, around CNN, right? Like that's such a big thing now, particularly as we're getting into subscription services and trying to get people to pay for this stuff that where they've gotten it free. And he's cracked the code on community building. Uh, sort of unintentionally, 20, you know, he's been doing it for so long. I said to him, when I, I remember when we were having conversations about, you know, should he do a podcast or should he stay on terrestrial radio? And I said, I think he should do a podcast because you have this loyal group of people who are going to come with you no matter what. Mm-hmm. They're not listening because they listen to sports radio and it just happens to be on. They're listening for you. Right. And that coin of the realm stuff, just in general, as we talk about content, I mean, as I think about content and what I do on a daily basis, and he, he sort of unintentionally figured that out, but really has a sense, I think, whether it's using music that people submit, whether it's reading emails, I mean, he gets that it's a conversation when it's best. It's a conversation between the people in the room, but also a conversation between the people who aren't in the room but are a part of the show, right? Like they feel ownership over it. It's different than a lot of podcasts where it's just a guy talking and you have no input or anything like that. It, It feels as though you have a stake in the show, whether it's because you own a Subaru or you sent him your wedding invite. You know what I mean? And I think that that's so, so important. And he does it. He has fostered it naturally. It comes naturally to him to build sort of a community like that. But but I, I think that don't underestimate how challenging that is. If everyone could oh. do it, there'd be a million shows like this. Yep. Exactly. You know what I mean? That's what I always... Because he's always like, what's so special about this show? And I'm like, well, oh. I said... 
you know, I think you primarily, but the truth is, is like, if it wasn't special, other people would do the same thing. Right. And there just aren't that many of things like this, like general interest conversation podcast that, yes, sports are central, but they're not essential. There's many a show I've done where, you know, we talked a teeny bit about sports and a lot about other things. And I just think that it's rare and it's valuable. And I look, I listen to every show that I'm not on. I'm right there along with everyone else. I'm not like, oh, I'll listen to it because I was on or, right. oh, I'm on. But I'm a fan of the show. It, it's where I started and where I, I'll i end no matter how you know it sorts out. Right. Yeah. And for us, for me personally, I, I, he's such a great storyteller and he makes you feel like you're part of the story. Yeah. Well, you know, the other thing, too, just one other thing that I think is of real value, because I've, I've thought more about this than I probably should. I think that there's an authenticity there that. People sometimes say, like, what's Tony really like? And I'm like, he's really like exactly how he is on the Mm -hmm. show. Like, he's not doing a bit, you know? Right. There's not a front. Does he know he hosts a podcast three or four times a week, and so if there's a good story that he knows that he wants to tell it? Sure. But all of that stuff is totally real. It's not a put-on, and I think that that has power. I think people respond to that. People get that this is a quirky old orange bald man, you know, (laughs) and like his quirks and his oddities are very much his and very much real. He is not playing a character named Tony Kornheiser. Like this is who he is. I can tell people, I mean, I always wondered that when I was just a listener to the show, but now that I've spent a ton of time with him over these years, this is who he is. That's what makes the show work because He's not putting on any, he's not telling stories that aren't like him. It is 100% him. Yeah. And he's so unapologetic about it. Like, he's like, this is me, and you take it or you leave it, and so many people take it, and it's incredible. Now, I didn't walk into this as a little. I am what we call a tiny because I put up with a little and his fandom and all of that, but just what I've experienced personally through the community of littles is it's so special what he's created. Yeah, Chris, she had no idea what to expect when I asked no. her to do this. I can't believe this is when I knew I was going to marry her. It's remar- I mean, it, it, it truly is <laughs> remarkable. And the other thing, too, is like, I will have 23-year-old white guy be like, what cheesery to me across the street in D.C. I will also have like a 65-year-old black guy. Right. Yell the cheesery at me. Like, it really, his reach, some of that is PTI, right? Mm -hmm. Because television is just really powerful. And so if you look up Tony Kornheiser, you see, oh, he also has a podcast. But what's remarkable to me is it's not just the TV people. There's a whole group of people who are podcast-first people, which is a rarity when you are talking about someone who is, if you ask Tony how he gets his income, TV is number one on that list. Podcast is not number one. And yet... I think that there really is a community that are really podcasts first, and there are some who are podcast only. Like, they just like mm-hmm. the podcast, but the fact that they're, I mean, he's consistently amazed by this, and I've grown less shocked just because it's happened so often. But when the various strands of people who are fans of the show come out, and it's in people who own wineries, people who are commenters on baseball, people, I mean, it's just all over the map. And they feel, again, and this to me is his great thing that I think is going to be really hard to be replicated. He natively and intuitively understands how to spread ownership and buy-in to a show like that. Mm. And make people feel whether they are 
an occasional guest, whether they're Brian Windhorst, whether they're me, whether they're someone who's never been on, whether it's someone who's had an email read, whether it's someone who's written a jingle, that they are an essential part of the show. And it's just not easy. I've said this to him a million times because he's so self-effacing. I've said, like, that what you've created is something that is what every major brand is after, brand loyalty. People, you know, if, if Tony says, hey, uh, go check out this podcast, people do it. If, yeah. if Tony says, hey, go buy this book, people do it, mm-hmm. right? It's like the Oprah Book Club. I mean, that sort of power over people and trust that people have in you is the really powerful stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. And and that's what we try to do. Take it even one step further here is all these people that contribute to the show. I can't tell you, Chris, how many times I call them up and they're like, oh, what do you want to interview me for? I don't have anything to say. No one wants to know about me. But I said, trust me, Shad in D.C., we want to get oh, to the yeah. bottom of where you came up with the idea to do the haikus and yeah. all this stuff. And he was one of our guests and it was fantastic. And they all are. Yeah. Josh from Mozo, well, Mississippi, and, think, you, and, know, you know, all these people. The other, the other thing that I think is useful for doing something like you guys do is I think one of the great things about the show is that nothing is explained. <laughs> so there's an internally cohesive logic and language to it, but it's not explained. Mm-hmm. So you might think, if you listen for the first six months, that we are actually simulcast on News Channel 8. Right. <laughs> you know, like, there's a whole Guilty. vocabulary and universe. And again, I think it is helpful to have – he doesn't decode it. You know what I mean? I mean, I think that's part of the thing. It's like, you know if you know. Right. And I think it's useful to have a show like this that does help people do a little bit of deciphering. Because I think even for me, when I first started doing the show, there were things, I can't remember what they were, but there were things. People still regularly ask me if Nigel is from England. Right. I mean, like, there's, there's <laughs> yes. like, there are things on the show that we know are a put on, right? Or yep. just, you know, part of the lore of the show. Yep. And if you're out on your bike tonight, please wear white. Like, this show can benefit from a Cliff's Notes explanation of some of this stuff. Right. And I think that makes people feel, once you're in, you're in. Yep. And I think that's another secret to the success of the show, that it's it's a long, really long-running inside joke. And if you get that inside joke, you love it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, incredible, Chris. We can't thank you enough. This has been amazing, and just Roxy. I mean, we just could the do this insight line. and story. Like, oh, this yeah, has it's, been great. it's amazing. Now, with the Loyal Littles podcast, it's not the Loyal Littles podcast unless we have some fun, dumb questions. So we hope that's okay. I'm ready. <laughs> that's right. right in my wheelhouse. <laughs> All right, chunky or smooth peanut butter? I like chunky. Yes. Although I will tell you, I haven't eaten peanuts or peanut butter in 13 years because my eldest son, who is 13 has a terrible peanut allergy. But back in the day, I would eat me some Jif Chunky. Nice. Awesome. What reality show do you think you would be the best on? Oh, okay. I can tell you the one I'd be the worst on. Okay. Survivor. Oh, yeah. There's 0% chance. No, that's not true. There are two that I would be the worst on. Survivor, because I would expire within minutes, minutes of having right. to be on my own. Yeah, I would, they, they, I'd be like the pre-production cut. Like, I wouldn't even make the actual episode. <laughs> oh, no. And the other one, my wife and I always talk about this. What, what's that one? The Great Race? Or what, oh, the, the one Amazing Race. The Amazing Race. That one would end my marriage. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I'm a psycho about traveling. I'm like, we need to get there three hours early, and my wife is not. Um, <laughs> I think that I could do okay at big brother but Mm i i think i would go stir crazy because i i I like need to move around i like i'm sort of hyper so i think i might but i think i could do okay with interpersonal relationships but i think i might wear out 
over just being trapped in a house. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. We're big Survivor fans. We yeah. are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love it. I just know, like, when I watch those things, like, that show is, I'd be like, is there a Ritz Carlton I could right. stand in? Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, us, us too. Same thing. Well, see, I think I would be okay, and I always say this watching it, oh, I could totally do this, and then they flash to a shot of a spider or a snake or something, and I'm like, nope. Can't yeah, do it. Exactly, because it's like actual wilderness. Yeah. Yeah, no. yeah I don't like that. I yeah. don't like that one bit. No. <laughs> I don't like camping much like right. that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I didn't realize we were so much alike. This That's is great. That's awesome. Uh, if you could be a cartoon character for a week, who would you want to be? Great question. Uh, Tom the Mouse. Ooh. I mean, Jerry the Mouse. Jerry. Because he torments Tom the Cat. It always makes me laugh. He's sly. And he yeah. has a very sunny outlook on life. Jerry. Yeah. No, it's funny that you bring up Tom and Jerry. I always loved, I, I watched it religiously, but I always loved it more when they would team up together for yeah. some reason. Totally. Yeah. yeah. That was like, those episodes were kind of like when Voltron would work with some other <laughs> random group of cartoon right. characters. You know, it would be, it was like the, the mashup. Right. Mm-hmm. Also, I, you know, Jerry could really wear a hat. He had a lot of chapeaus that he, he wore. Did. He really did. Really That's that. right. Yeah. I mean, for a mouse. Yeah, right. So cute. <laughs> oh, that just brought back some good memories. Thank I you. Know. <laughs> All right. Would you rather be the worst player on a team that always wins or the best player on a team that always loses? <laughs> um, well, I'm going to go with the one that I have been plenty in my life, which is the worst player on a team that often wins. Okay. My formative athletic experiences were in high school basketball, sitting on the bench and debating whether if I ordered a pizza to the bench, if the coach would kick me off the team or if he think it was funny. But we were really good. So there you go. Worst player on a team that wins. Perfect. Excellent. And let's I can't imagine myself being the best player on most any team. So <laughs> I got you. <laughs> All right. Let's round it out. If you could host Saturday Night Live, who would you want to introduce as your musical guest? Uh, I think I would like R.E.M. Mm. or Jeff Tweedy slash Wilco or Paul Simon. Oh, mm. nice. Great. Trio. I would love to see Paul Simon. I, I was just, I'm working my way through The Leftovers. I know I'm like 10 years too late, but like I'm watching The Leftovers on HBO. Hmm. And there's a very weird scene at the end of season two where Justin Thoreau sings Homeward Bound. And my God, that song is good. I, yeah. I, I know I feel like I'm, now I'm really channeling Tony, praising <laughs> Paul Simon. Uh, I have to go back further in the years, but my God, I love that song. So yeah. maybe Paul Simon, especially because he could do it dressed up as a chicken. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Oh, that's great. All right. Well, Chris, once again, we can't thank you enough for taking the time to come on and meeting the Littles. This has been fantastic. This may sound odd. We know you're CNN and all this stuff. Is there anything we can plug for you? Anything like that? No, just uh, continue uh, making fun of me in emails. Uh, <laughs> and uh, my kids always think that's funny when I'm listening to the show. And, and it'll be like some random email about something. And then it'll be, the person will be like, oh, yeah, and uh, eat it, Saliza. Nice. <laughs> That makes my kids think I'm famous. Aww, <laughs> that's sweet. All right. Well, as an homage to the big show, we'll get you out of here on this. Over or under? So I'm an over guy, but I will tell you, I'm not like militant about it. I know mm. some people who will go unnamed are, but I'm an over guy. But if it was under, I mean, I'm not going to not use it. Just because it's under. You know so, what I'm saying? Like, so you're not well, like I'm, about, I'm all about basic utility. Okay. So actually, Roxy, I think you have this. In, see, Roxy says she's adaptable. I'm adaptable. That's how I am. Yep. I totally agree. Yep. I Look, 
I feel like I have strong opinions about almost everything, <laughs> but on this, I don't feel that strongly. Okay, cool. And we usually follow up with, do you Chuck Todd it? But that doesn't apply here. Right. Like, meaning. No, absolutely <laughs> not. answered that. <laughs> yeah, no. I don't even know who that guy is. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chris, thank you again. This has been amazing. so amazing. Thank and, you guys and... for doing it. It's an awesome thing. I really appreciate you asking me. Oh, this is great. And I have to do it. I just have to, Roxy. Go for it. Eat it, Saliza. <laughs> oh, oh, I will. <laughs> Take care. All right. Thank, thank you, so, you much. so much. Got it. Bye Take bye. care. Roxy, I truly cannot believe I just told Chris Saliza to eat it. See, kids, dreams can come true. All right. All you loyal listeners, we'll be right back. This is Cool Aunt Claire Natola, and you too are cool because you're listening to the Loyal Littles podcast on the WTFC podcast network welcome back to the loyal littles podcast and roxy i don't know wow. speechless speechless i mean like i said during the interview if, if you told me even just a year ago i was going to be interviewing chris freaking saliza and then get to tell him to eat it on the air <laughs> i mean come on well i had a dream last night that someone said those exact words it was very strange. So I'm actually now dreaming about <laughs> things about the podcast and about the big show and, and the little show. And I'm just, I mean, now, that's got to make you proud, Chuck. Are you sure it wasn't Edith Saliza? You sure it was Edith Saliza? What'd you just say, Edith? Edith Saliza. That was the, I played that for you the other day on the pod, the big show. Oh, maybe it wasn't a dream. <laughs> okay. All right, Roxy, we're almost out of time. So let's get into it. Sully, plug your ears. It's time for the Friday Five, Friday Five, oh, Friday, Friday Five, the Friday Five, Friday Five, oh, Friday, Friday Five, the Friday Five, Friday Five, oh, Friday, Friday Five, Friday Five. All right, Roxy. Now, this is from Bill, right? Yep, Bill Pitcher. All right. Well, you have these, actually, so you can help me out with this. So what's the first one? I do. All right, number one, flashback to early adulthood. What was down one of the roads not taken? The one that makes you ask, what if? Okay, mine's easy. Yeah, I guess early adulthood. I, I would love to know what, if I had become Mr. Holland, basically, uh, if I'd become <laughs> a music teacher, that's what I was supposed to be. I thought I always wanted to be a music teacher. I always wanted, I knew in eighth grade, that's what I wanted to do. I went to college for it, got my mm-hmm. undergrad in music education. It has helped because, you know, you have to take all these uh, classroom management and stuff like that. So that does kind of carry over to like directing when you're directing choreographing shows you know but as far as like like what would have happened if I just went right from college into a teaching position and just got a tenured position in some local high school maybe even my old high school I have matter of fact one of my dear friends is the music teacher at the middle school Ichabod Crane yeah oh wow yeah it's I've always wondered what would have happened yeah I'm sure I have one but it's kind of hard to think about because I feel like everything that I've done has led me to where I was supposed to be I mean, sometimes I think, Chuck, if I didn't do White Christmas in New Jersey in 2011, would I have done the tour the following year? Would we have met? What would have happened? But when I think about that, I'm like, I don't want to think about that because I'm so happy that that's where my life went. Well, you, you know? always, you've always told the story since you've been four. You went to see the Radio City Rockets and you're like, this is what I want to do. You know, so. Yeah. 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 All right. Mm-hmm. Number two, flashback to your college age years as you discovered your independence. 
What was the most wasteful purchase you made with your own money? Ooh, that's a tough one. Yeah, I can't really. I think I'm. I think I made many purchases that I probably shouldn't have. Clothes, I'm sure that I didn't need and didn't use. Purchases on costume pieces for parties and all these ridiculous things that I tried to go all out in that I probably didn't need to. Yeah, maybe that. Okay. Well, mine's not my fault. So I don't I don't know if this would count, but I'm going to say all I could spend my money on when I was touring, especially right out of college, was CDs. I, I have a, mm. hundreds upon hundreds of CDs. And now looking back on it, waste of money, if you think about it. Yeah. What good are those yeah. now? I mean, I still have CD players I can play them in and stuff, but everything's digital. So I guess that would kind of yeah. count. I was trying to think of a big purchase, but I can't really find one because I couldn't really buy anything exuberant because like I said, I was on a tour bus. You know, sure. so you can't really carry sure. too much. You get your one suitcase and whatnot and your carry-ons and that's it. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. all right. What's number three, Roxy? All right. Number three, flashback to high school. What senior superlative best described you? And then add a point if you won. Oh, this yeah. is easy for me. Me too. Go ahead. You go first. Yeah. I definitely fit with a teacher's pet <laughs> and I actually won teacher's pet. I also won most likely to teach at my high school, which hasn't happened yet. But I mean, you never know. Yeah. So teacher's pet and I want it. Mine were both. Band geek is me. I was most yep. musical and most theatrical and I won them both. Of course yeah. you did. Yeah. Hilarious. And that's. Yeah. yeah. That was easy. Yep. All right. Number four, yep. flashback to elementary school. What silly interest in your young life, a hobby, an animal, a game still occupies a tiny piece of your heart? That's easy. Okay. Go ahead. Because I got to think on this one. Uh, during my elementary school days, I had a pet rock and her name was <laughs> Melissa and she lived in New Hampshire at my grandparents' cottage, which is also near, right near the lake that I met Tootie the Turtle. Wow. And Melissa stayed there and every year I would go up and I would find her in the rock and gravel driveway that my grandparents had and I knew it was her. I could pick her out every time. I would keep her in my room and then at the end of our weekend or week getaway up there, I'd put her back with all her friends and then the whole cycle began again the next year. So Melissa, my pet rock. Roxy, you didn't have many friends up there, did you? I did not. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, that's good, though. You had a pet rock as a friend. That's nice. I did. She kept me company. The only thing I could think of, honestly, and I guess it doesn't really count like that, but I was thinking when it said a hobby, I was thinking baseball cards and oh. trading cards, mm-hmm. you know, and that still occupies a piece of my, more than a tiny piece. I still, to this day, I have them in storage and I still look at them sometimes. I go back. I'll even occasionally buy, if I find a good deal on cards, especially the throwback ones, when I say throwback, I mean like oh, the yeah. ones from the 80s. Like when I was a kid mm-hmm. growing up. Yeah, I'll grab those packs and just go through them. And I know I'm not going to get anything amazing, but it's still just fun to go back and kind of relive the childhood. And yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I used to put them in alphabetical order and do all this. Yeah, <laughs> fun stuff. Yeah. All right. Good what's the last answer. one? All right. Last one. Flashback even younger. What is your earliest life memory? I got this one. You do? All right. You go first. When I was four and I took the train with my family and saw the Christmas Spectacular for the first time sitting eighth row center in the orchestra. <laughs> And as really soon the as the Rockets came out on memory? stage, <laughs> that is the first memory I have. Okay. I have Absolutely. many, I have many young childhood memories, but I mean, some of them are scarier than others. One, I remember falling in the swimming pool and just Ooh. going to the bottom. And luckily my sisters were there 
And the one just picked me up and took me out and plopped me up onto the count. You know, it was a above ground. That's so scary. Yeah, it was really scary. That's one of the main memories I have because I did not know how to swim at that point. Yeah. But it wasn't like, I don't know how to explain it. I really wasn't in any danger because I was right there. I mean, everyone was right there. It wasn't even like I was on the other side of the pool. Sure. So I was never, I didn't come up coughing or anything like that Mm because I don't think I even knew what to do. You know, I was, I watched other people doing it and, um. I'm glad you're okay. Yeah. All right, Roxy. Well, that's our Friday Five. Thank you, Bill Pitcher, for that. Roxy, let's get out of here. You've got lots to do today. Lots of judging. Yes. All right. Tell everyone (laughs) how they can get in touch with us. You can email us at WTFCPodNet at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at LoyalLittlesPod. We're also on Instagram at the Loyal Littles Podcast. And don't forget about our Facebook page, The Loyal Littles Podcast. And don't forget to run over to iTunes and Apple and give us a nice rate and review over there. And once again, thank you so much to the one and only Chris Eliza for coming on to Meet the Littles today. And thank you, Mitchell Klein. And thank you, Claire Natola, for our bumpers this episode. All right, Roxy, have a good time today. Thank you. I, I hope this I'm doesn't sure blow up in my stories. face. If you have a terrible time, this is all on me, so I feel bad. Uh, maybe it'll be good. All right. All right, all you loyal listeners, we'll see you next time. Enjoy the basketball. And remember, if you are out shopping online tonight, specifically on stickgrip.com or fogfreeeyewear.com, use the code, people. We got it. LLPOD. LLPOD. Use that code. Bye. Many people have called me a a real ratings magnet.
The Loyal Littles Podcast is produced by the WTFC Podcast Network and edited by Louis B. Crocco. And the Loyal Littles Podcast logo is designed and drawn by Eric Lonergan. What cheese are Oh, yeah.